Hello and welcome to The Flex. It's Matt St. Jean and Joe Howie here to talk Friars. And kind of feels like we just went through a whole offseason. It's been a minute since we've been on the mic talking about these Friars, Joe. But certainly good to be back. Got a game on Thursday, finally. Yeah, it feels like forever since I've last watched the Friars live. Um, unfortunately, Thursday's game is at 5 p.m., so that means I will not be in attendance at the dunk. But, um, you know, I think students are back on campus this week, so hopefully they'll get a good crowd. The The New England natives will be up there. So hopefully we're, we have a good crowd because we're going to need it, uh, you know, with the Possibly only seven scholarship guys against a, a hungry Georgetown team that we already prepped a couple weeks ago. So let's get into it. Yeah, this is uh, Ed Cooley talked to the media earlier today. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday. So this is the first time the team has been back together in a week. Cooley talked about how this is in some ways the hardest thing he's ever had to do as a head coach, which is figure out. How do you make a game plan when you have no idea which players are going to be available? We don't know. Uh, they weren't. They they couldn't tell us which players are sick, which ones aren't. We do know Ed Cooley was sick. Um, he said he had some cold-like symptoms, was staying in the house for a while. But I got to say, he's as chipper as I've ever seen him in that media, that, that press availability earlier today. That was a fired up Ed Cooley. He's he's just excited to have basketball back. And I think that's the enthusiasm you got to play against this Georgetown team. You're better. You just got to play like it. Ed Cooley did not sound like the, the guy that was coming off of a, a COVID pause. You know, he sounded chipper, chipper, like you said, Matt. Um, sounded excited, sounded perky. Um, but I did listen. And if you're not in the, the Twitter uh, flex group chat you know you're missing out on this because matt recorded the call and sent it to everybody um but what i i really loved about that 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 press conference today was bill raftery and his <laughs> intangible additions to the conversation man he is he's great as a color commentator for college basketball but he's a such a funny person like yeah. there there's so many aspects to his personality that were revealed during that call it's just like wow like i wish i was friends with him Oh, yeah. Yeah. If anybody, if you're listening to this and you want to take a look at the press conference today, just message me. We can add you to our group or I can just send you a link directly if you don't want to be in the Twitter group. But Raftery came in and uh, he was not aware it was a full press availability. He's an old guy using Zoom and he just saw Ed Cooley's face and was like, hey, it's my friend Ed. We're just going to we're just going to talk. We're going to catch up. And they did that for probably a full five minutes at the start of things before he realized there were other people there. And it was just absolutely hysterical. You get him in full, full flavor. <laughs> and you get that from Ed, too. That was very nice. They they were all making jokes. A bunch of the guys that cover the Friars also cover the Patriots. And there were many, uh, many comparisons made to how much easier it is to cover the Friars and talk about basketball with Ed Cooley compared to talking to Bill Belichick after a game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, Raftery off the off the official mic, um, you know, he's got a little potty mouth too. He, he's got a. <laughs> it's a sailor. Yeah, that was. I mean, it was hilarious. I loved it, but it, I, I didn't even recognize his voice at first because one of the first words he said was uh, not appropriate for this podcast. But um, <laughs> I'll leave you hanging there with that one. A little, a little teaser. 
but yeah, no, it was uh, it was a good time, and it's I think it showed a lot. I mean, Ed talked about how he's reached out to a lot of coaches around the country, around the conference, asking, "Hey, what do you do when you're in this scenario? What do you do when you're stopped when you can't practice?" And said he got a lot of good advice. Um, I know we talked to Dan Hurley about it and was reaching out to him and that's where coaching is a brotherhood they're all just professionals trying to do a job giving each other advice they're helping each other out and i think he wasn't sure what to expect this was going to be his first time seeing the team again this is on tuesday first time the team had practiced since they got to creighton and i i truthfully i don't think ed cooley knows what to expect on thursday other than that his team is going to play hard, they're going to play a very solid Georgetown team that will be very desperate looking for a win. We have no idea who's going to play. No idea. And Ed doesn't know either. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to speculate that A.J. Reeves will not be playing. Um, yeah. That that was briefly touched upon in in the press conference today that, you know, Reeves' fingers is still an issue for him. So I doubt um, and this is all speculative, but I doubt that Reeves is going to play Thursday, which means we have to assume that there are seven eligible scholarship players aside from Reeves. I mean, right now we've been running a, a seven, eight man rotation. So, you know, it's kind of process of elimination at this point. Yeah. And by the sound of things, they're confident they're going to have seven players for Thursday. They're not confident they're going to have any more than seven scholarship guys. We know Ed Cooley is going to be on the sidelines, and we know that they will have seven players in uniform. That's all we can tell you. So it's going to be as big of a – I mean, not that, not that hosting a podcast is as difficult as being the head coach of a basketball team. But when Coach Cooley was talking about difficulties in game planning, I feel that because we spent a good 30 minutes before this trying to figure out what do you, what do you talk about? How do you cover a game? When for one of the teams, you haven't seen them play in a week, they haven't practiced in a week, and you don't know which players are going to suit up. Yeah, exactly. There's no analysis I mean, there. You're just guessing. I, I mean, we can run through the stats of Georgetown, how they're 6-8, and eight, they're 0-3 in conference play, they're desperate, their backs are against the wall. But we already did that a couple weeks ago. So, uh, you know, here we are. Um but yeah, there, there's really no content that we can provide on the Friars other than what's been given to us. You know, you go off the grid for a week with COVID, you, you postpone three games. This is the this is what we're dealing with here. You got to play the the hand you're dealt. You got to play the cards you're dealt. Um, hopefully, you know, I th- I think if I'm going to pick and choose a couple of guys that I would prefer to be healthy, not that it matters what I prefer or not, because I'm not a I'm not COVID, but if I was going to prefer who I'd, I'd like, I'd like to see on Thursday. Watson's obviously one of them. Um, I'm going to say Manaya, Horkler, and either Bynum or Durham. You know, I think you need at least one ball handling guard. I, I don't trust Alan Breed to play the full 40 at point guard, but if that's the cards we're dealt, that's the cards we're dealt. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, you got to figure it out. And this is a Georgetown team. They're, they're not anything fantastic they've struggled this year but there's a handful of things they do really well one of those they rebound on offense they get themselves extra looks so that's i you're absolutely right guys like watson maniah horkler you really want as many of those big guys ed croswell you want as many of those guys as you can get for this game because you like i have confidence that as long as this game is mucky and ugly the friars can win it Georgetown is a worse team. The Friars are just more talented. So you might not be 
like I, I can't say if the Friars are going to shoot the ball, ball particularly well. Probably not. They're going to be rusty. They're going to be tired. But rebounding, defense, you can do that no matter what. You don't need any special form for it. You just got to play hard. So that's what you got to do. You got to out-hustle Georgetown. Yeah, honestly, Matt, I think what you said is spot on. I'm not expecting a big, flashy, offensive you know, showdown. Um, I don't expect Providence to shoot the ball well from three. I don't really expect us to shoot the ball well at all. What I'm banking on is our team's mental toughness and really digging in and driving on defense. You know, you can say a lot about statistics with shooting and statistics outside the arc, inside the arc, it, right under the cup. The list goes on. But what you can't say a lot about is the mental drive that forces good defense. And I think if Ed Cooley is going to go out with a game plan, it's, you know, we're rusty. We've had a week off. We're going to be missing some guys. I really just need you guys to dig in and play tight defense because if we do that, we'll win the game. Yeah, and that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, Cooley said today he's not asking for anything more than a one-point victory. You're playing at home. You should have some energy with that crowd. Capitalize on the energy. Play solid basketball. Come away with a W. Because yeah. in the eyes of the committee, if you if you only beat Georgetown by one at home, and they're looking at that March, they're like, hmm, somebody's gonna whisper in their in their ear and say, hey, that was the first game off a of COVID pause, and they're gonna go, oh, all right, yeah, they still won, and they're not gonna give it a second look. You lose, they're gonna give it a second look, and that might not be fair, but that's the reality of what's gonna happen. So you gotta you gotta take care of your wins. Nobody's nobody's giving Seton Hall slack. Nobody's giving UConn slack for dealing without guys. So the Friars, you got to find a way to win. I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. You got to find a way to win. Thankfully, their first two games off this pause are literally the two easiest games you could play at the Big East this year. So that helps you out. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go as far as saying that. I, I'd say, it, it, by comparison, you're not playing Xavier or Villanova, but Butler. Looking ahead to Sunday is a very tough matchup for us historically. And yeah. don't forget, Georgetown overcame a 20-something point deficit to win in D.C. on, on a night when A.J. Reeves was flirting with a new career high. So uh, I, I think, yes, let's, your point's well taken. Let's not do that again. <laughs> yeah, that, absolutely. Your point's well taken that you know these statistically on paper are not the two best teams in the Big East Conference, but let's keep into in consideration here that this is a team that has not played together in over a week. This is a team that's coming off of um, a respiratory illness, which obviously mm-hmm. you know it takes a toll on your body. And this is a physical Georgetown team. If there's ever been a, a, a profile of a team that matches the profile of the coach, it's the Georgetown Hoyas and Patrick Ewing. He's a highly decorated big man that played in college. He played at Georgetown, played in the NBA. He won some big games. Like He gets his big men to play like him, and that's why he recruits all these seven-footers. So, you know, Watson, Croswell, Horkler, Mania, if any of those guys are playing, like they have their work cut out for them, absolutely. Yeah, and you add on to that the fact that this is a Hoyas team. They got Dante Harris, who was the Big East uh, Tournament Player of the Year last year as a freshman when Georgetown made that run. They have Aminu Muhammad, who's a freshman, who's playing great ball for them. Ed Cooley compared him to Alpha Diallo, said he sees a lot of that game in him. And this is a, a true freshman. He's come in and done really good things for them. And they got two two sharpshooters, Caden Rice, Donald Carey. If you want, you can go back to the previous episode where we had Armin, I'm, I'm going to butcher his name, Haraturian, 
from Georgetown on the show to talk about this stuff if you want a little bit more of an in-depth breakdown. Everything you said still holds true. I mean, Donald Carey is top 50 in the nation in three-point shooting, remarkably efficient. And Caden Rice is another guy who shot the ball incredibly well for them. So that's the type of thing that you can't let them get going. Um, I know Caden, uh, excuse me, Donald Carey, I know, has been dealing with injuries. So that will be something to um, monitor. He was questionable last game. But, you know, I mean, this is... Georgetown has the pieces to give anybody a game, and they haven't yet. You don't want to be that one team, especially at home. No, and just like when we played Marquette a couple weeks ago, you don't want to be the team where, you know, it, it kickstarts a run for the for your opponent who's down bad. Look at Marquette. Yeah. They were 0-3 yeah. in conference play when we played them. Now they're 4-3 and or 5-3. and What's their record? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember off the top of my head, but they've been killing teams. Right. Uh, then killing team the, same, the same thing happened with Georgetown last season. Georgetown sucked. They they just they sucked. They beat us. They go on to win the Big East championship. I mean, you don't want to be that team where your loss or the your opponents win turn turns out to be this big pivotal turnkey moment in the season. You you really don't want to do that. You don't want to let Georgetown come in and kick your teeth in. But if I'm Patrick Ewing, I'm like, hell yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to take advantage. You know, they're yeah. coming off a of COVID pause. We're healthy. We're desperate for a win. Let's go get a road win against a top 25 opponent. If you're the Friars, you're hanging on for dear life. Exactly. And that's why you want those veterans to be around. You want that leadership. You want that toughness. I don't expect, even if the Friars were to go ahead and lose this game, I'm not expecting to see what happened at Marquette. I don't think this is going to be one of those games. Um, uh, that said, I was a good point brought up uh, Eamon Brennan and The Athletic today. First bubble watch of the year, talking about the Friars. One was saying it's good to see the Friars in a position where they're already they're – not, they're not on the bubble right now. They're a tournament team. If the season were to end today, they're a tournament team. Same could not be said the last couple of years at this point during the season. But – you talked about how this is a Friars team. When they lose, they lose badly. The other games are wins. Friars have beaten some good teams this year. The two losses are ugly, ugly losses. So this has all the ingredients for an ugly loss, except for the fact that the Friars are still the better team and should still have more talent on the floor, even with a potential seven-man roster. If you take the, the worst seven from the Friars scholarship players, I think you still have a better roster than what Georgetown's putting out there than you're at home. So you have to win. That's the name of the ball game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Ed Cooley has called the, the crowd at the Dunkin' Donuts Center the sixth man. Use the sixth man. Get the students involved. I mean, it's a Thursday at 5 p.m. I'm sure a lot of them are going to be lubricated up after class. Like, get them involved. Get yeah, the energy. And it's not. Yeah, and this is going to be it's going to be a quiet building probably at the start of the game because a lot of people are going to be working and are not going to be able to get down to the dunk until a couple of minutes into the game. So yeah. the guys that are there early bring that energy. Let's make this a raucous environment for Georgetown. Make them earn yeah, it. Be the, make the be them dudes. It. Be them dudes. Uh, in other news for the Friars, we did have a new AP poll this week, and I kinda, we kind of had. Uh, 
AP AP <laughs> voter error in your favor. Despite not playing, the Friars moved up two spots. So I'll take it. Uh, you know, I, with the day off, completely forgot. Like, I thought yesterday was Sunday. Well, I completely forgot the poll was going to drop. All of a sudden, I looked at my phone to the Twitter notification that the Friars had moved up to 21st in the polls. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, I expected us to remain at 23 just because I thought that was the I expected agreed us upon. No, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I thought the agreed upon thing was that if you go through a COVID pause, you don't really move in the standings because then it's not fair or the rankings rather. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess you move up. I guess, uh, you know what? That's fine by me. I'll take it. I'll take the I'll take the increase in national recognition that's fine yeah i'm never going to complain about that the friars swapped with texas moved up 23 to 21 texas dropping as this is a texas team that seton hall beat um meanwhile while we're talking about the big east oh i know what you're gonna say seton hall dropped out of the poll entirely i watched the the final couple set minutes of that marquette seton hall game this weekend and well, there's two comments I'd like to make. One, that's a sucky way to lose. That's not a foul. Yeah. Um, Greg Elliott yeah. is that, a that's, real that is a the, royal pain in the ass is what he is. That was that is the not first a foul. Time, the first time I've seen Kevin Willard that angry and agreed with him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but absolutely. That was the one time I think Kevin Willard's, you know, fuming anger was actually warranted. That was not a foul. And the more and more and more they showed the replay, the more and more the commentators got on board with agreeing that that was not a foul. Um, so that's number one. And it didn't. Yeah. Number two is um, to Kevin Willard. So I, I guess because he had only seven scholarship players against Providence, that's why they lost this game in Marquette, you know, because COVID is the, the root of all your losses. If you hadn't heard, <laughs> according to Kevin yeah. Willard, according to Jeff Goodman, Dan Hurley, the national media, COVID is the reason teams lose. So Kevin Willard lost that game because a month and a half ago, his guys had COVID. Sucks to suck. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm oh gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna beat the dead horse on this point until the season is over and we've crowned a national champion because this this horse is gonna be like practically cremated before the Big East tournament. The horse will be ashes at that point because I just think that that it, yes, it's a valid explanation, but using it as an excuse as to why your team lost it is completely, completely, completely absurd. There's a reason the limit is seven scholarship players because yep. seven players warrants five starters and two rotational guys, not including the the potential for a <laughs> a talented uh, walk on to come on. But yeah, and it's uh, it's I, a team sport. It's a team yeah. sport. Like this is part of it. Injuries, illness, whatever it is, you got to have guys ready to go. So and this, this applies to the Friars. You don't get yeah. you don't get off easy if you lose to Georgetown. Yes. No, you don't. No. Um, while we're talking about the AP poll, here's a question for you. Should Marquette be getting top 25 votes? No. 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 Why not? I, really, Marquette's best win is the blowout over us. They got lucky. You want to talk Jeff Goodman luck? You got lucky against Seton Hall. Uh, now, listen, Marquette's doing a great job stringing together some Big East wins, but that's what you're supposed to do. You don't get the nod because Greg Elliott forced a foul that wasn't a foul, and you won by one point against Seton Hall. 
the same Seton Hall team that then dropped out of the top 25. I, I Listen, Marquette is talented. I'm not going to deny that. We played them. They beat the doors off of us by 32 points. But is Marquette a top 25 team? No, they're not. They have some bad losses. I do have to say, I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't get votes. They did beat Illinois without Kofi Coburn, but they beat Illinois. They beat West Virginia. That's something UConn couldn't do. And they won four in a row. Three of them by 10 or more points. Two of those are by uh, like 30 point games. Georgetown was a 28 point game. But yeah, it's, two of those are in the neighborhood of 30 point blowouts. So I am a little bit surprised that they didn't make anybody's ballot. I, it surprised me that from that Seton Hall Marquette game, neither team got top 25 votes. I'll say that uh, much. Uh, I'll be honest. What's more surprising to me is that UConn is getting votes. Um, uh, yeah, I, it's weird. I don't, I don't understand. UConn, Seton Hall, Marquette right now all seem to be about in the same tier. Yeah, and it, I mean, like, it's Providence, Xavier, Villanova. That is the clear top three in the Big East right now. I, I would say yes. The the fourth was was Seton Hall, and then I guess the fifth, sixth would was Marquette, UConn, but UConn over their last three. Over their last one, two, three, four, five games have gone two and one with two postponements. I don't know how that warrants uh, your you a return to the top twenty-five. And it's weird. Their their last six games they have played, they've alternated wins and losses. They have two overtime games, and they're an overtime loss at Seton Hall, an overtime win at home against St. John's. Which, by the way, that was a thriller. That was up at Campbell. Um, I watched last that. Week. Yeah, yeah, that that was a good game. And here's the thing. I I think UConn is a top 25 team. But I don't know if the resume dictates that they're a top 25 team. I think I think UConn, Seton Hall, Marquette at this point in the season all have very similar resumes. So wherever, however that's reflected in the AP poll, personally, I think all three should be getting votes. That's a little bit of my Big East bias showing, probably. I think, I think there's a bunch of good teams there, though. Big East Coast bias. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, it's like, I don't A team that is three and three in their last six games and their biggest win in that stretch is a 10 point win against St. Bonaventure on a neutral floor. I don't see how they're getting more votes than a team that like Marquette, which has really, really shown that they have when they put it together, they're a really good team. I'll tell you what, if Marquette ends up as a 10 or an 11 seed in March, I do not want to be the 6 seed or the 7 seed that's got to deal with them. Uh, Yeah, Uh, I think out of Marquette, Seton Hall, UConn, uh, which we can put in this tier 2, this middle tier, whatever we want to call it, I'd say UConn is the worst. Uh, I would say Seton Hall and Marquette should be receiving votes versus UConn being ranked. Yeah, and it's... and then we're, we haven't weird. even mentioned Creighton yet. We haven't even mentioned Creighton. Yeah, Creighton's a good team. Creighton, they're just well coached. I think Greg yeah. McDermott does a, a good job with his guys. Job. He's got a lot of freshmen, a lot of young guys, and he has them playing at an elite level. So I think that's yeah. uh, you attribute that to coaching because in years past, every team in this conference has seen the the freshman woes of you know onboarding to the tougher physical style of play, and this year's Creighton squad is not showing that. 
I will say the one thing that UConn has going for them, they're the only team to beat Auburn this year. And I want to bring this back to the AP votes because this is not a Big East thing, but this still irritated me. <laughs> Auburn, they're 16-1. and one. They won both of their games last week. They beat Alabama, and they won at Ole Miss. That's two good games. They're 5-0 and right now in the SEC, and they've taken care of business. They've beaten LSU, Florida, Bama. All of these are good teams, and that's including Alabama on the road. And they got more first-place votes than anybody else in the AP poll. But they didn't actually get voted into first place because somehow they dropped on people's ballots this week. So Gonzaga is the number one team in the country, even though Auburn has more first-place votes because you had guys, uh, one voter dropped Auburn from 8th to ninth after two road SEC wins in a week. So if, you, if we want to talk about the AP poll, we'll put this into the the broader picture, AP voters are not very good this year. <laughs> we we say that as we're we're the as Friar Nation is glowing about our, our ranking. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think the AP poll uh, is a good indication of national relevancy. I, I don't really think, unless you're unanimous, you're unanimous, unanimously. Jesus, I couldn't even say that. Unless you, you're, everyone picks you as number one. You know, I, I don't think you should take the AP poll to heart. I think as a fan, you know, like for Friars, for example, who have had who have seen success over past seasons, but not necessarily the votes or the ranking to receive it. I think it's a a, 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 a brush. A, oh, my God. A breath of fresh air. <laughs> you can tell it's been when, a little bit for us, too. And this is also what happens when you record after a nine hour workday. But yeah, it's okay. a breath of fresh air. Um, to see that little number next to your name. And also it's it's national credibility. Like it's nice to get recognized for success, especially when you're 14 and two. You're winning the games that no one thinks you're going to win. You're winning the games that you're supposed to win. And you have two flat tires, as Raf called it today. Like it, it's a very good season with a lot of seniority. So it's nice to see the ranking. Don't take it to heart, but enjoy it, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's it's nothing more than an imperfect power rankings, really. Yes, enjoy exactly. it. But hey, I've said this before and I'll continue to hammer it home. The top 25, your poll ranking nowhere on the team sheet that the committee is looking at in March. So that, yep. that number means nothing to them. And if you look at seating, that's reflected in it. Uh, side note, I'm looking through some of the ballots right now. Yeah, uh, the the guy that dropped <laughs> dropped Auburn from uh, it looks like 7th to 8th no 8th to ninth. he is all over the place more than half of his rankings are more than 5 spots off from where the team actually got ranked that's yeah that that's what we're seeing this year and Wolf. I'm sure you guys will love this he did not have the Friars as a top 25 team <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he didn't. Yeah, this is uh, Jesse Newell of the uh, Kansas City Star. Is Villanova is the number three team in the country? That's not right. No, he's got Indiana uh, at twenty five. Yeah, his the from eighteen to twenty five in his poll, not a single team is within five spots of where they actually got ranked. Well, you know, that's there. You go, checkmate. Yeah, so 
I'll put this out there for the Friars fans listening. The way things are this year, your AP, your your personal top twenty-five you draw up is probably better with no research. Is probably better than twenty-five percent of the ballots that actually get cast in any given week. <laughs> just yep. just go out there and do that. And that's the thing. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna defend. It's tough to rank these teams, and it's tough to be a media guy that's gonna try to do all this stuff follow all these teams and do it accurately so you're not going to be perfect every single week but there's guys that give it effort and there's guys that don't <laughs> and there's, there's quite a few I, I guys also, at this point that don't. i also think the regionality and the location aspect has something to do with it too like you and i and everyone who listens to this is uh, i think it's safe to assume we're big east fans we're specifically providence fans but we do, that doesn't mean we don't like college basketball, but if there's a Big Ten game on at the same time as a Big East game, chances are I'm going to watch the Big East game over the Big Ten game. So when a lot of these poll writers are, are submitting their votes, they're not really looking at the intangibles, the box scores. They're looking at the final score. They're looking at overall record trends, yeah. and that's how they come to their conclusion. Like and they're gonna, a lot of these guys, headlines. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these guys are, or, or females for that matter, a lot of these writers – and voters don't take a lot into consideration when submitting their polls. So right now people probably think like, Oh, Providence is 14 and two. Yeah. Let me put them in the poll. Not knowing that we just came off of a three game postponement for COVID, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's like the, my, my number one piece of advice for Friar fans over the next two months, do not use any single resource as your Bible for what matters, <laughs> because when this thing gets when the bracket gets put together on Selection Sunday, they're using a lot of different metrics. Ken Palm, it's awesome. It's imperfect. Fires are going to get ranked a little bit lower there, and that's all right, because there's other stuff that goes in there, like strength of record and Sagarin, which the Friars look really good in. They look at resumes. They look at your individual wins. These are guys who they don't they're not. AP voters. These aren't the coaches. This is what they do. They make the brackets. Are they perfect? No, and they're not going to be. But they do a good job of it, and they do a better job by combining all of these metrics than any single one of these metrics is going to do on its own. It's the beauty of the sport. There's no defining characteristic to prove superiority. No. Now, I will add, do you know... uh, do you know which which fryer gets a bracket? What do you mean? You know this, Jay? Which you know Mike Rodak bra- is? Who? Providence alumni, Mike Rodak. He was a Buffalo Bills reporter for ESPN for the longest time. He's down in Birmingham, Alabama now. And he gets an AP vote. He had the Friars at 20, one spot higher than they actually were. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have we have one of our own on the inside. So if anybody wants to see the Friars, uh, Friars move up. That's probably your plug. Go hit up Mike Rodak. All, all this uh, all this talking about, you know, the AP voters and all that aside, I think in the 20s range is realistic for Providence. Uh, I, I mean, we're 14 and two by record alone. We're the same as Gonzaga, who's the number one team in the country. You know, and I think, yes, our two losses are bad. Virginia is a championship program, you know, mm-hmm. Shaka Smart at Marquette is a championship caliber coach. So and when's the, I, that loss looks a lot better right now than it did two weeks ago. <laughs> yes, it does. And it, would, it looks a lot better this season than it would have against Steve Wojciechowski. 
wearing his Duke Blue Devils diaper. But <laughs> uh, I'd say realistically, Providence being considered a top 25 team, whether it's the AP rankings, Ken Palm, the net, the RPI, whatever you want to call it. I think that's a safe estimate to say that we are a top 25 team in the country. Yes, no, I agree. Uh, now, I think we'll uh, I'll leave you with one one final stat here. The Friars, remember, they play on Thursday. We're rambling a little bit. There's nothing specific to talk about here that we haven't already talked about. But you want to look at this schedule? Friars get Georgetown at home, Butler at home. They, they go to Xavier. That's a tough one. But then they get Marquette at home. St. John's on the road. They already beat St. John's. Georgetown, again, DePaul at home. That seven-game stretch, the average net ranking for our opponents is over 100. That's a big opportunity. If the Friars don't end up making up some of these games in that span, and, and that's how the schedule stays, you could easily go 6-1 and one over the next seven games. If that, if that happens, the Friars are going to be sitting at 20 wins before Valentine's Day. You're going to be a 20-win team before you play Villanova for the first time in the season. So, and that, yeah. if we're talking about Valentine's Day, you know what? Uh, you know what uniforms are coming out for that game? Yeah, yeah. The 20-win pink trim Friars. That's not something Villanova wants to face. I'm not going to say that out loud, and you know why. But. Pink trim Friars, I will say out loud. Um, no, most importantly, um, if we're going to play the look-ahead game, let's look ahead to Thursday. Providence needs to beat Georgetown. If you want a more in-depth and hands-on uh, discussion, you can go back to our original Georgetown preview from a couple of weeks ago. We have it archived on the site. But most yeah. important game right. as it stands on January 18th is our game against Georgetown on the 20th. Yeah. One win at a time. It starts in this one. This one, remember, it's the early tip. 5 o'clock Eastern, Fox Sports 1 from the dunk. Friars hosting the Hoyas, their first matchup this season. This game was rescheduled. It was supposed to be a couple weeks ago. Back in December, we're finally playing it. Friars ending a three-game drought without playing because of COVID returning to action. So we'll be talking to you after the game with reactions from whatever happens here. Uh, and also, I know Twitter spaces have been all the rage recently. If you guys want us to start doing some of those, let us know. I know we're interested in that. We could do some halftime ones, do some post-game ones, and just talk to you. So if that's something you're interested in, please let us know. But you will definitely be getting our reactions after that game. For Joe Howie, I'm Matt St. Jean. Make sure you're following us on Flex Hoops on Twitter. Subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And thank you for listening. Go Friars.